Excellent. Okay, I got part of it. <laughs> You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie. Welcome back. Uh, Thursday. I know. Look at us being good. Well, really, it can only be every other Thursday. Yeah. When off. True. I mean, and honestly, sometimes when we're ready, when we're quote unquote ready on a Thursday, we're not really ready. What kind of wine are you drinking? I don't know. <laughs> the kind that I had I here. Vividor. It's a red with a pretty cool... Uh, label. It it's very, at least in the front, it looks kind of like voodoo meets. Uh, there's some jazz to it, but also some like Vegas notes. Like seriously, I'm getting some like voodoo <laughs> meets fear and loathing. There's a butt on the back of it, like the very back, all the way. Flip all the I way. I was to also the back. looking at the leg there oh, too. I was like, <laughs> all the way in the back. Cheeky. <laughs> uh, it's Bobal, is the varietal i guess i have no idea what it was i don't know it just says 100 percent bobal 100 percent wine yeah <laughs> i never finished the story of i went down and wasn't feeling wine but had already committed to splitting a bottle with mm-hmm. uh hannah cox and so i didn't drink my half i just took it home <laughs> in a bottle so i've had it for a little bit I'm drinking the Aldi Special, the $3 Winking Owl Pinot Grigio, which is my favorite go-to white wine. I think you've had that one before because the owl's cute. Yeah, I definitely have because it's all I drank last summer because it's $3 a bottle and it's not a bad wine for $3. Okay, I have two shout outs and they are unrelated to podcast stuff. The first one is very shameless shout out to... Oliver, my nephew, because <laughs> I have been seeing him a lot and he's very cute. And also shout out to Connor, my brother-in-law, because he came by the house as a surprise on Tuesday night and brought the baby. And like he was in the carrier and I was like, oh, he's just sleeping. Like, it's cool. I'll just look at him. And then Connor was like, I got 10 minutes. Do you want to hold him? And I was like, Fuck yeah, I do. And <laughs> bring him out. Uh, yeah. And I'm just really feeling babies right now. So, shout out to all the babies out there. Uh, and then my second shout out that's unrelated. Uh, is to Critter? Is to Critter. Sorry, <laughs> I have three shout outs is what I meant. Oh, I actually did have three shout outs. These are all like on the spot too. Um, shout out to Critter for illegally voting early. Everyone go vote. If Is it just us having an election? I think it's just us right okay. um, Because we, we're on a weird schedule if you're in north carolina and you have an election go vote um <laughs> anytime you have an election go vote yeah anytime there's an election vote educatedly educate yourself and then vote yeah um and also you don't have to fill in bubbles if you don't know the candidates you don't have to vote that's true that's true i had also like to issue an apology to you for the compliment my husband tried to pay you when <laughs> you came in <laughs> because you don't <laughs> don't look sunburned you look very nice and like i think you're just like i don't know you at look- first it was a tan and then it was like 
Or, you know, you got some sun. There's some redness to you. It's like you. your face is red. It's like, stop. <laughs> Thank you. You're not, you're not. It's not translating to a compliment. <laughs> Luckily, I, 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 I'm not fluent by any means, but I speak a little Jarek. Speak a little Jarek, and you know he means well. Yes. <laughs> It's one of those things, like, I could get, you know, through tone and context clues. Yes, he meant it as a compliment, uh, but you do look nice. You look, I don't know, like, I feel like you look like cool casual mom today. Well, I actually am wearing real clothes. You are wearing real clothes. And I did take a shower before I came over. Your hair looks nice and, like... Like curls? Yeah, normal. Humid. I also think this is, like, the first time in a while that you've been here to record with your hair down. Yeah, because I literally just washed it. You know, an yeah. hour ago. Also, in my defense, from this angle with the blue on air sign, your hair does just have a bluish glow to it that I assumed was from the light, which is my excuse for not noticing that you had purple hair for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You want to guess how long it took Shelton to notice? Oh, no. Hold on. A week. Not quite. Okay. I was going to say three days, and then I upped It was it. about three to four. Three or four days. Come on. I say that like he's going to hear this and be ashamed. He doesn't listen. It's fine. That's what he should be ashamed of. That's And I told him last time that we'd trash talk him on the podcast, and mm-hmm. so we should start doing that more. <laughs> um, <clears throat> my final nepotistic shout out, except this person's not related to me, is to our friend Taylor, because she recommended, also unrelated to everything, that I watch the movie 365 Days. Yes, I haven't gotten to watch it yet. Watch it by yourself. Um, (laughs) Put the baby to bed, send Shelton somewhere, and watch it by yourself. It did not disappoint. Full disclosure, it is basically porn. So don't watch it if you don't want to see uh, two attractive people have a lot of sex. Um, I also watched the second one because the first one ends on a cliffhanger. And I was like, I have to watch the second one. And also, this beautiful man, Massimo... (laughs) Uh, I just need to be seeing more of him. Not in the second one that much. Don't really answer the spoiler or, or like, the cliffhanger. Uh, The writing goes downhill real quick in uh, the second one. And if you already didn't like Laura, the heroine, you're just going to hate the second one. Also, they bring in another love interest. Do you know what his name is? Nacho. His name is Nacho. And he's not, in my opinion, that attractive. He's Nacho flavor? (laughs) He's not... Nacho type. type. Yeah, just just watch the first one. Okay. Um, also, say. it's on Netflix, BT Dubs. It is on Netflix, and it is rated R and probably should be rated X. When I tell you, do not let children watch this. I cannot stress enough. It's an adult-only movie. And it, it's honestly, not the acting's not that great, but if, again, just some attractive people. If you just need a night to de-stress. Oh, sounds like I need to have a bottle of this wine, this spicy wine to go with the spicy movie. Uh, listen. Yes, you do. Which, by the way, I have more book recs for you. <gasps> oh, good. You know what? That's where it came from, because you mm-hmm. were telling me your trashy novel plots, mm-hmm. and oh, Taylor... lack thereof. <laughs> and Taylor was listening... And she started talking about this. And she mentioned it at my house on Friday when we had burgers and okay. such. But I don't think you had gotten there no, yet. No, I heard it at Cinco de Mayo and I got intrigued. And so then I, poor her, I was texting her like the whole time I was watching <laughs> it. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I texted her during the second one. I was like, I'm Live one. tweeting. <laughs> like, second one kind of sucks. But also, let's normalize watching 
I don't know, like guilty pleasure. <gasps> yeah. Because what else are we going to do? Okay. It can't be all substance all the time. Listen. That's, that's not really why TV was and invented. One of my favorite pastimes is like fixating on an actor and then watching the movies that that person is in solely for that person. And I have seen a lot of really bad movies that way. And I'm going to see a lot. I'm just going to continue it. I don't I, regret it. I enjoy trying to do that too. Like all of that person's filmography. Yep. I did that with Ed Burns. Um back when I first developed a crush on him. And that's when I learned that I actually think he's a really bad actor. <laughs> and I also think he's a really bad writer and a really bad director. <laughs> so I actually hate everything professionally. I just think him, it, him is, him is pretty. So <clears throat> anyways, none of that has anything to do with the story. <laughs> because today I'm going to tell you about the Greenbrier Ghost. Greenbrier ghost. It sounds like a children's story for some reason. Just Greenbrier kind of makes me be. think of maybe I'm thinking like Briar Rose or something like that. Like Briar Rabbit, maybe. I thought it was Briar Rose. I thought it was Briar Rabbit. There uh, might be both. Um, do you want to guess what state the county of Greenbrier is in? I'm getting Connecticut vibes. No, further south. <clears throat> um, I'll give you one more guess. Virginia. Oh, you're close. It's in West Virginia. Oh, so Sorry, almost. Kara. <laughs> is Kara the one who made us the... Uh-huh. Um, our, our crochet crows. Carl is what mine is named. Carl. Carl. Nice. It was really meant to be, be said like the meme, Coral. <laughs> so our story takes place, technically it starts in 1873 when a little baby girl was born named Elva Zona... Heaster. And she was born in Livesay's Mill, which is in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. And then we flash forward 20 some years to 1896. 23 years, sorry. And in 1896, a man named Edward Shue moved to town to become the new blacksmith. The more I'm reading this, it does sound like a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be even better if Edward Shue was a cobbler. Right? Oh. Missed okay. opportunity there, man. Really? I would be interested to know if the Greenbrier... I didn't look enough to see if, like, the county of Greenbrier, like... I bet they have a book that you can buy, like, at their welcome center or something. I don't know. If not, I'll write one for you. <clears throat> I'll write it just for Critter. How about that? There we go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Edward was 37. And... Oh, I do have a picture of him. He's tall and handsome. And I actually do think he is pretty handsome. So, I'm going to zoom in because, well, I'm just going to show you this one picture. That's Edward. Oh, yeah. Right? He's got, like, what a Superman that? curl. Yes, he does. He really does look kind of like a Clark Kent, for sure, without the glasses. Yeah, he's a... So, he's got the prominent brow, mm-hmm. like, a nice strong jaw and chin without it being, like, too sharp. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's got not sharp, but not soft features. He's distinguished features. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. And he's got his hair, like, perfectly combed back, and then, like, one little stubborn piece has just fallen... Just fluffed down. Right onto his forehead. Ugh. Okay. Let's not get too attached. <laughs> he's, he's not... Spoiler alert! He's not a great person. I was about to say... Oh, when you I guess, like, he's actually attractive, I'm like, ooh. I guess I could... I bet is, he's gonna be the bad guy. This is a good time. Oh, the picture of her didn't save. Okay, I'm just gonna show you the picture of her next to him. This is Zona... 
or Zana. I'm not sure how we're saying her name. It's spelled Z-O-N-A. She's pretty. She's pretty. There's another picture of her where she's got some pretty good straight across bangs. Hmm. And I thought I saved it, but apparently I didn't. Okay, so Zona's 23 at this point, and she meets Edward, and it's either... (laughs) It's either the summer of 96 or October of 96, which is the same year he moves to town. She is smitten, right? Because, like... I mean, look at him. Look at him. He's beautiful. And apparently he is pretty taken with this 23-year-old, you know, Mm -hmm. woman. And so they get married. How old was he? 37. Oh. Yeah. He did not look 37. He did, right? And that's a picture of them together. So, good, whatever is happening... What kind of moisturizer was he using? Uh, I don't know, like lard, maybe. What did you use in eighteen? Virgin blood. Uh, based on the last. Based on our story. last one. Oops. <laughs> okay, so they got married e- either in October, possibly the same month they met, or November, possibly the month after they met. And they moved in together into a two-story home near Edward's blacksmith shop. And Zona's mother, whose name is Mary Jane, was not super happy about the marriage. But no, seriously, what kind of moisturizer is this man using? I forgot he was a blacksmith. Oh, yeah. So he's, like, sweating it out by a forge all day? Mm -hmm. Like, he's got to be, you know... He's got very youthful skin. I feel like he'd just be looking, like, more rough and tumble... Yeah, I would guess, like, banker. You know, like, someone who yeah. works inside. Like, I would imagine... He does not have, get a lot of, like, sun or... He anything. has, like, a soft hands vibe. Yeah. Uh, but he probably has some good calluses on his hands. From I should... Okay, let's stop romanticizing him. Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Mary Jane is like, I'm not happy that my 23-year-old child is marrying this 37-year-old man. No matter how ruggedly handsome he is and no matter how great his skin he's is he's not even that rugged though <laughs> but he's not like soft either i can't stand everyone it. go he's an amalgam to, to our instagram the tales we tell wait at the tales we tell podcast there you go uh or our website the See, tales, now you can't fire the me tales, i really can't the tales we tell podcast.com and look at a picture because uh, i will post the picture of edward and You'll get what we're saying. You'll pick up on what we're putting down. So she may have had a bad feeling about Edward. So I have to um, say, is she just unhappy with the circumstance or just he gets, you know, weird vibes? Unclear. So she probably is definitely not super happy that they've known each other at most five months, at least less than a month. (laughs) So, you know, but also it's the 1890s and... You know, a tw- and she was already in her early twenties. Yeah, so already times a spinster, and so yeah, so this is you know she needs to get married to have like a family and like be mm-hmm. provided for whatever. Um, no longer be a burden on her father, <laughs> which who was never mentioned, so I don't know where her father is. On January twenty second or twenty third, who knows? <laughs> Eighteen ninety seven. They are really, really <laughs> lax, fast with and the- loose with the details yeah. on this one. <laughs> Sometime in late January of 1897, so the following year, Edward approaches, um, a, I assume, a neighbor and asks her son, whose name is Anderson Jones, if he would go over and check on Zona and help her with some chores. 
And the reason for this is because Zona had been sick for the last several weeks. She had been under the care of Dr. J.M. Knapp for some time. They're not really super clear on, like, what kind of sickness she has, but enough that she needed a little help around the house. Sucks to be poisoned. (laughs) Well, I laugh nervously. Take a drink, friends. Take a drink. Is that the specific thing that happened? All I know is that your response and uh, body language <laughs> is enough. <laughs> I'm just saying. To warrant everyone taking a sip. Not a good thing. So Edward wanted Anderson to go over like first thing in the morning. I don't know where Edward was going. Like your blacksmith shop is right there. Can't you check on your wife? Apparently not. So he, I don't know. Maybe once you get the forge going, you just cannot leave you that can't fire. Leave it unintended. But it ended up being later in the day before Anderson was able to go over. So he gets to the house, immediately sees a trail of blood. (laughs) I don't know if the trail starts outside of the house or if it starts inside the house. I would assume inside the house. Also, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't know where the blood came from, and I will explain why. But there's an alleged trail of blood. And so Anderson... So there's our hook, folks. (laughs) I assume... If you were only <laughs> casually listening, now is the time to pay attention. Now is the time to listen. I assume Anderson then proceeds with caution, continues into the house. The dining room has, like, doors that, like, closed off. So he goes through the dining room doors and almost trips and falls because there is a body on the floor. And to no one's surprise, that is Zona's body. So she is lying on her back. Her legs are straight and together. She has one arm across her chest and one arm by her side, and her head is tilted to the side. And Anderson initially thought that maybe she was asleep, probably was hoping she was just asleep on the ground. (laughs) And... Oh, she's been sick. Maybe she tried <laughs> oh, to walk, got lightheaded. Maybe she did that out. thing where you where she went upstairs and then just took a nap on the. F- I assume on the floor. I don't know. Maybe she has ADHD and was doing her floor time and then just <laughs> fell asleep. She was doing her floor exercises and fell asleep down there. I like to think he did like one of these where he just like <laughs> a little hey poke, a little jay. Um, but once he or maybe towed her with his yeah. Feet. Floor, yeah. Uh, once he figured out. Uh, what was going on. He left, good boy, and he went and told his mother, and his mother called Dr. Knapp, who is, like, the only doctor right now, but not the only doctor in the town. When Edward hears of the news, he runs home. He's hysterical, and naturally, as anyone would do in this situation, he immediately washes the body And also changes her clothes and puts her in a dress that has a nice high collar. And then he moves her from the floor to the bed. Uh. Uh. (laughs) And he had time to do this because Dr. Knapp took almost an hour to arrive. Probably because he couldn't drive the fire truck. um, (laughs) Making a lot of callbacks. Like the fire chief. Way earlier episodes. So he shows up. After about an hour. And when he gets there, Edward is still hysterical and he is refusing to leave Zona's side. And he is so set on staying with his wife's body that he wouldn't let Dr. Knapp perform a full medical exam. So Dr. Knapp, like, starts to do an exam and then, like, he gets up towards, like, the head and neck area 
And Edward gets, like, really agitated. And so he stops. And Edward also wouldn't allow him to, like, remove the body from the home and take it to, like, I don't know, a morgue or, <laughs> or like, any other place. And so Dr. Knapp was like, um, I guess her cause of death is <laughs> something called everlasting faint due to heart failure. <laughs> Which... Correct me if I'm wrong. Everlasting faint just sounds like another word for dead. Right? Going to sleep and not waking Going up. Going to sleep and not waking up. Like how you explain it to children. Yeah. He's like, oh, she just fainted, but forever. Also, this whole uh, collar thing and staying away from the head reminds uh-huh. me of... I don't know if it's just a regular, like, childhood mm. urban legend story. You know what you're going to say. Or if it reminds... Or if it's from the scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. Where, uh... The woman's got the ribbon and yep. she's like, don't touch my ribbon. And uh-huh. then the, the husband's too curious, so he pulls on the ribbon and her head falls off. Uh, you know what? That would be a fun series to do where we pick stories from that book and see if there's any, like, real life. So this is the start of that series I just decided. Okay. Um, no spoilers about what's about to happen. She doesn't, I her will say, fall her off. head is still attached. I will give you that much. I just imagine there's probably some bruising and ligature marks. Dr. Knapp had been caring for Zona before her death and... Hopefully it wasn't continuing his care mm, after. Yeah. Probably honestly about as effective <laughs> as his care prior to her death. Yeah, he's not the brightest. Mostly because he declared a cause of death without actually examining her. But he later changed his official cause of death to complications from pregnancy... It's never been confirmed that Zona was pregnant. If she was in the early stages of pregnancy, that might explain why she was sick. Mm -hmm. Like, just really bad, I don't know, pregnancy. I mean, I don't know what her sickness or symptoms were, but I was... Yeah. You had that parasite that crawls in your mouth Mm -hmm. from the lake, river... I don't know. The the streams. The, the streams, Al- yeah. Alplacara. I was convinced that you had some kind of parasite because you were pretty sick for a while. So it's not ever been confirmed as part of the official story, but I kind of assume that Dr. Knapp wouldn't list that as a cause of death without her actually being pregnant. So I kind of assumed she was pregnant. She was sick because pregnancy does that to mm-hmm. you. And maybe he was just like, well, I guess... She just got too sick from baby, and it now she's dead. could also be that she was so sick from some other cause that it stopped her menstrual cycle, meaning she... Because I don't think they had pregnancy tests back then, so... It's like blood splatter. It didn't exist. It wasn't invented yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> slightly different. I'm holding on to that one for a while. Well, do a episode about it blood one day. splatter wasn't invented. Nope. Wasn't uh, invented. No. Uh, <laughs> blood spatter analysis wasn't invented. Blood spatter has been around since as long as blood has been around. We'll agree to disagree on that. <laughs> okay. Um, so at the funeral, Edward continued to act out his grief in strange ways. So Zona was still in her high collar dress, but she was also now wearing a scarf. But the scarf didn't match. And... Dressed by a man, what can you expect? People, yeah, people were like, uh, this scarf does not match her dress. And he was like, no, 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 it was her favorite scarf. She would want to be buried in it. Which I would like to take this opportunity to say. No one has a favorite scarf. 
I was about to say the exact same thing, or like, or at I least, don't know what my favorite scarf is. At least if you have a favorite, like, I have a scarf I prefer to wear when it's really cold. So, okay, yeah, we have to actually backtrack that, because yeah. we live in an area that, even when it does get really cold, we're probably not, like, it doesn't get cold enough or cold often enough to really warrant a scarf. Yeah. Like, scarves are just not a commonplace thing. Yeah. Where, like, if you're up in Canada or something, or, like, mm-hmm. one of the other places where snow is a thing and winter is a very real thing for a very long time mm-hmm. of the year, you probably do have a favorite scarf. But is it something you want to be buried in? No. Yeah. This is probably more like a, a decorative scarf. Well, she was also wearing a large veil covering her entire face. And apparently it was like folded several times. Like there was a lot of veil. And then it was like all tied off in a big bow. So like the head and neck area was very much covered in a lot of fabric. He also kept anyone from getting too close to the body, and he had her head propped up, not just with pillows, but with a rolled up cloth, and some people who were there observed that as Edward was adjusting the pillows and or rolled up cloth under her head, that her head seemed to be, quote, loose on the neck, (laughs) like it would just flop over if it wasn't supported. Oh, like Critter. Yeah, I actually was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, like like when you put him upright and his head just kind of goes wherever it wants to go. I mean, he is king of tummy time. Like, he really does have, for two month old, he has impressive control of his head or neck. Uh Uh-huh. But also he is two months old. (laughs) And so sometimes I'm carrying him and he'll like kind of lean his head back a little bit and then fling it forward and he headbutts my collarbone, which juts out. And then he cries, and I'm like, well, that's your own well, damn fault. <laughs> you idiot. He's like, it's supposed to be soft. The rest of me is soft, <laughs> not collarbone. Um, yeah, so she has kind of a critter head right now. <laughs> um, and Edward would not allow anyone unsupervised access to Zona's body from the time she was discovered to the time she was buried, and that included her mother. Which, kind of a dick mood, Edward. So, I mean, on one hand, like, definitely hella sketch. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, very, very sus. But also, he's very handsome, so how <laughs> suspicious are we? But, I mean, everyone grieves in their own way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that applies in this situation, but... I mean, like, I get, like, so I not mean, letting anyone have access yeah, yes. no, I see. So, like, definitely it's very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, very strange that all the ways that he's acting, especially mm-hmm. when you, like, put them all together, it mm-hmm. sounds very... But, like, the idea of this, you know, newlywed, poor mm-hmm. husband, just lost his young, beautiful wife, like, being very, like... Overprotective. Yes. Yeah. And just very, like, you know, I have to, you know, take care of her mm-hmm. and you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's sweet and it's sad and it's romantic. And I've probably been reading too many of those <laughs> stupid romancy books. Yeah. Um, they're, they're fast, they're fun, and it's something to read while you're awake I mean... at four o'clock in the morning breastfeeding. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, it's one of those things, like, 
You can see some of it looking sweet. Yeah. But again, I think it's all of those things together. Yeah. The scarf and the head veil kind of... Like, I can see if it was nothing else, if it was just he picked out a dress and a scarf that didn't match, Mm -hmm. and he's just like, it was her favorite scarf, like, you can look and be like, that's kind of sweet, because like, obviously, yeah, to us it doesn't match. Mm Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't know any better. Right. Maybe it was the first or thing even she if, was wearing when, or the first thing he ever saw her in. Maybe he bought it for her and she loved it. And yeah. like, maybe, you know, it, it, it could be any number of things. And so like, that would be sweet. That would be sweet. Um, And like, even the whole, like, when he rushed over when her body was discovered and like cleaning the body and changing her and putting her in their bed, like. Wanting her to be decent. Like, she yeah. wouldn't, she wouldn't want to be seen this yeah, way. Because yeah. definitely like that. That image and, like, propriety mm-hmm. was a huge deal. Yeah. And, like, wanting her... Like, taking her off the floor. Like, it putting, still is. Yeah. It still is. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I feel like you hear of, well, I covered up the body. Yeah. You know, because I didn't want... I, I didn't want anyone to find her or see her in such a state. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, so, yes. It can... And, you know, if a very handsome, dewy-skinned, young... Clark Kent esque widower, Kent looking uh, blacksmith. Um, so was... you know, he's got some muscles too. Oh, man, he's you're fangirling over a murderer <laughs> I here. I feel like this should also be a good time for me to mention, just because I said it at the beginning about the 360, 365 days movie. <laughs> uh, I do recognize and acknowledge that it's an extremely toxic relationship. That is, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying Massimo is a good man. I just want to throw that out there. I know he's very problematic and borderline abusive, but just watch the movie for. Okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of attractive, problematic men, we're getting a little worked up. I know. I'm like, oh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna go out there and Jack's gonna be like, "You both look oh so God. beautiful, all red faced." <laughs> red in the face. Man, or he'll he'll bring it up uh, to me later and be like, "Have you had a lot of wine? You look a little rosy cheeked." <laughs> I had a glass before I came over. That's probably I had a why glass I was before mad. you came over too. <laughs> yeah, but my tolerance is shit compared to yours. Okay, that's true. That's that's not incorrect. So I don't have an excuse. Oh man. I am here to vouch for everyone that Katie is not red-faced. She's just (laughs) regular-faced. She just looks normal and healthy. Okay, so Mary Jane, Sona's mom, is like, I didn't like this guy from the start. And now she's hella suspicious because she's like, my daughter was young and she died suddenly from everlasting faint and... (laughs) I feel like there are some unanswered questions, and so Mary Jane prayed continuously for some answers. And several weeks after Zona's death, Mary Jane got some answers. Okay, so Zona's spirit slash ghost appeared to Mary Jane over the course of four nights. And Mary Jane said that this presence started just as a bright light, and it slowly took the form of her daughter. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, kind of like an angel. But then she also said the room went very cold. So then I was like, oh, probably more like a ghost. Okay. 
So Ghost Zona tells Mary Jane that on the day of her death, Edward had gotten really mad at her for not preparing any meat with dinner. And he got so mad that he grabbed her by the throat and snapped her neck. And Ghost Zona also told her mother that Edward had been abusive, like, throughout the entire short marriage. And she specified that he had snapped her neck at the first joint. (laughs) And then to prove her point, which, I don't know, maybe this was, like, her way of joking. She had a dark sense of humor. To prove her point, she turned her head around 180 degrees. Pulled some exercise. Then she walked away (laughs) while she... She was looking at her mom and just walked the, the other way. So I'm imagining, like, her head staying, like, locked in position uh-huh. looking at mom. And, and then the rest of her body just, just turning <laughs> out of here. Yeah. I also was getting some bit neck lady vibes from uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it yet. Jill and I keep meaning to watch it and then we just haven't gotten to it Watch yet. that, too. And, like other problematic, attractive men. We've been watching a lot of Walker, Texas Ranger lately for oh, good reason. Obvious reasons. Got to keep that on in the background. But there's a there's a ghost in The Haunting of Hill House called the Bent Neck Lady and she is terrifying and turns out, without spoilers, she is the ghost of a person who was hung or who died by hanging and so her neck is permanently like in that position. Uh, hanged, I think, is hanged. the uh, whatever. past tense. I said it wrong in the last I episode. I think for a while they were like, oh, hung. And they're like, no, no, it's hanged. And I think now people are like, no, either is fine. But I could be wrong. <laughs> well. It's Pretty just... sure hanged is still, like, Whatever. Well, kind of like how, you know, we had octopi beaten into us as our children. And mm-hmm. now people are like, actually, octopuses is fine. I've never heard... Any, I've never heard anyone say octopuses is fine. I will never say octopuses. Nope, me either. Because Except that, in this example. Yeah. Well, it also sounds like you're saying pussy, so mm-hmm. don't say that. Just say <laughs> octopi. Unless or, you're talking about the James Bond movie, Octopussy. Oh, I don't know about that one. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could also just say octopus and yeah, like refer to... Deer and deer. Yeah, like sheep. I think that is fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so Ghost Zone is being hella creepy <laughs> and just walking away from her mom. Yep. Great, uh, Halloween costume idea, though. Just, I don't know for who. It doesn't incorporate the baby, so whatever. I also had a great idea for Connor and Bianca that they could be, um, like, zombie Mary and Joseph and Tolliver could be either zombie baby Jesus or, like, baby Satan. Because <laughs> they said I was, they- I was the one who carried the demon. That's true, and I'm not convinced he's not one yet. Although... Yeah, you haven't heard him, like, really wail Those yet. videos were really cute. But again, Edward was really handsome, so... Yeah. You know. Um, okay, so Mary Jane, <laughs> to her credit, goes to the county prosecutor, John Preston, and is like, listen, I know who killed my daughter, because she told me. And... <laughs> John Postmortem. Pre- yeah, Preston was like... Go on. Uh, <laughs> this sounds like a career maker. And it's unclear if he, like, believed her, but she either brought up some other stuff or he looked into it and realized that there hadn't been an autopsy. And he's like, okay, fine. Maybe I'll open an investigation because this, this, we'll see where this goes. It's a slow day in Greenbrier County. 
So, <laughs> Preston interviewed a number of witnesses about Edward's strange behavior at the funeral and the fact that he had been the only other person at their house on the day of Zona's death. And then, disregarding Edward's objections, Preston ordered that Zona's body be exhumed. And on February 22nd, an autopsy was finally performed in the town's one-room schoolhouse, because obviously, where else would you do it? So present at the autopsy were Dr. Knapp, Preston, two other doctors, and Edward. Good. Well, at least we've got some other doctors. Like, yeah. I, I don't like, want to give them too much credit too soon, but, but at least we're not relying on just this one guy. The one guy who declared her cause of death everlasting faint. So they examine the body. They find finger-shaped bruises on her neck. Oh, I'm shocked. A crushed windpipe. And they find specifically that her neck had been broken between the first and second vertebrae. This is also why I said, I don't know why Anderson saw blood, because I don't know where the blood came from. Because if he snaps on his neck, there's not any blood. And I don't know if if then Edward, like, cut his finger by accident and then trailed blood out of the house. I don't know. I feel like it was put in there for dramatic effect, but that's what I found. So I guess Anderson was also there. Because this is a quote from him. And I also now assume that he's, like, a teenager and less of, like... A small child. A seven-year-old, which is what I was Well, when you first said, you know, ask the neighbor kid to go and check on her and help with chores, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, at least 14, 15. Oh, okay. Good. Because I was thinking, like, eight or nine. (laughs) I don't know what age is appropriate to send to your neighbor's house. I, I, I just assumed, like, if she needed help with chores, she probably needed, you know, like... A seven or eight year old is probably doing the same level of chores that, you know, she could do on her own. Mm-hmm. Anything that she would need help with, she probably needed somebody who was, you know, stronger and more capable yeah. and more knowledgeable. Like, even if it was something like moving a piece of furniture, she would definitely mm-hmm. need somebody who's stronger or to at least strong enough to help her. This is true. Um, or maybe it was, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I would assume. Like, if you're asking a neighbor kid to come and help with chores, like, when we had our neighbor boys, we would ask the middle child, Mm -hmm. uh, because he was 15 or so, instead of the younger one who was seven. Like, can you come over and check on the cat? What you're saying is I'm going to have to wait for Critter to be 15 before Mm -hmm. I can have him come move my furniture around. Yep. Okay. I don't know. I have a feeling that... He might come over and just move your furniture around oh, without you it. asking. Or without touching it. <laughs> Both. Uh, when he's a toddler, and then there will be that age of, you know. Oh, it's fine. Well, I was going to say, oh, it's fine if he's a toddler. That'd be cute. But then I was like. He'll do it without asking. He'll just push on things. and He's just going to. That's when, when you finally start bringing him to these, and we just, like, let him and Jarek hang out. We're just going to hear, like scraping across. We're gonna come out and there's gonna be like so many crashes. An entire well, yeah. I was gonna like, I was gonna say like oh, like a cool like living room fort. Or (laughs) and they're gonna be playing their stupid video games underneath it. Uh, I'm fine with that as long as Jarek puts it back. I don't care. We're doing a room I don't go into. Sorry, this is a quote from Anderson. He said, suddenly the doctor turned to Mr. Preston. They whispered together for a few minutes, which I love that they didn't leave the room. They were just like, 
like looking Having over. Having a side over here. Uh, <laughs> they whispered together for a few minutes. Then Mr. Preston turned to Shu, which is Edward, mm-hmm. and said, Well, Shu, we have found your wife's neck to be broken. Shu's head dropped. A change came over him that I cannot explain, but it certainly proved his guilt to me. Which isn't how uh, evidence works, but we'll take it. Objection hearsay. <laughs> I think I actually used that objection properly. Probably, yeah. Um, so Edward is arrested, and his trial was set for June 30th of 1897. And, which it has not even been, theoretically, a full year since he met Zona. Just throwing that out there. So Preston starts investigating Edward, and mm-hmm. he uncovers some previous TV. wives. Yes, yes. So first, <laughs> Edward's real name, which I will now be referring to him as this, is Erasmus Scribbling Trout Shoe. And I saw some uh, presentations of that that made it look like Trout was a nickname. So it was like Erasmus. In quotes, trout, shoe. But then I also saw the whole thing, Erasmus Scribbling Trout Shoe, which is a stupid (gasps) fucking name. (laughs) Wow. It's a bad name. Uh, So he was going by Edward because I guess even if you are as handsome as him and you're like, hello. You can't pull off Erasmus. I'm Erasmus. (laughs) Like, oh, hi, I'm Merlin. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of uh, stupid names. And speaking of The Haunting of Hill House, I watched, I was watching an interview with the actor who plays Luke, who is like the problematic but very attractive heroin addict brother, whatever. Um, The actor in real life is British, very handsome, but his name is Oliver. And in this interview, he introduced himself and was like, oh, hi, I'm Ollie. And I was like, don't. It's cute. No, you're you're a kid. You're Oliver. The only, like, if you're Oliver... First of all... I feel like once you hit 20, it's only cute if your family says it. First of all... Or maybe, like, your girlfriend. I would like to be his girlfriend. But secondly... (laughs) (laughs) But secondly, my first thought, which I can't believe this was my first thought and not my second thought. My first thought was, oh, like, Tolly, my infant nephew, who is adorable and also an infant... Mm -hmm. My second thought should, my first thought should have been, oh, Jenna just got rid of a foster dog named Ollie. <laughs> and by get rid of, I mean he got adopted. He found his forever home. Um, yeah. So. And also, we I realize we're calling your child Critter probably forever. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> On his wedding day. <laughs> I will insist on giving a speech. Oh, yeah. No, he'll be 40 years old and I'll be like, hey, Critter, come here. <laughs> Hand me your child. I like to hope that on his wedding day, I... Be Critter and Critter Jr. Oh, Critter and... I was trying to think of something that rhymed and didn't come to me quick enough. I'll text you later when I think of it. Um, no, I'll give a... I'll be that person that insists on giving a speech at his wedding. And he's like, it's my mom's weird friend who's been, like, insisting she's my aunt my oh, whole no. life, but you she's will not... forever be Aunt Hannah. <laughs> and I'll be like, Critter, I remember... Like, oh, I hope you got like granny glasses. At that oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just like that. wire framed, I mean, but like, like, God, I'll be like fifty at least. Fifty-three, fifty. I'll be in my fifties. 
Oh yeah, we'll yeah. make it. We'll 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 post that. I mean, he'll you'll be in your sixties if he gets married when I got married. Let's not talk about when our children are getting married. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Erasmus. So it turns out Erasmus had been married <laughs> twice before Zona. Uh, his first wife had alleged pretty bad abuse to both her and her child. And it's unclear if Edward slash Erasmus was the father of the child or if he married, if she was, if the child was from a previous marriage or a relationship. Um, but she ended up leaving him when he was in jail serving a two year sentence for horse theft, which apparently was a very shameful thing. Oh, I mean, it was a really big deal back then, I think. I think I had a horse thief in my family, and one of my relatives just, like, stopped, uh, like, going back and, like, stopped at that point in the family history because they were so ashamed that there was a horse thief. Hmm. Which, all I have to say is, horses aren't cheap, and sometimes you need one. If we have any, like, historians or sociologists who listen, uh, I would love to know more about this, like, cultural taboo of the Ooh. times. Yeah, why were that horse was thieves so bad? Horse thievery. How is it not the same as, like, a car thief, which there's a whole movie series about? That's what Fast and Furious is about, right? <laughs> Stealing cars. Uh. I'm sorry, I was thinking of Grand Theft Auto, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, his second wife died just 18 months into their marriage, and Edward slash Erasmus... So she at least got the whole first anniversary thing. She did, but uh, <laughs> he claimed <laughs> the reason for her death, uh, he claimed he had accidentally dropped a brick on her head while he was repairing the roof, which sounds a lot like a meat grinder that fell on someone's head. Do you know what I'm talking about? Belle Gunness. Remember oh, her yeah. first husband had the meat grinder? I was like, hold on. And the vat of hot oil. Yeah. I was like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I Ringing a bell, sifting through data. Ringing a bell. Get it. See, that should have been my tip off. Uh, we really need sound effects on this podcast. Cheese it up some more. <laughs> so at his trial, Mary Jane testified about Zona's spirit ghost visiting her and telling her the details of her own murder. And the defense tried to discredit her. I don't know how they didn't actually, but they also tried to like confuse her and like, like intimidate her. Um, but Mary Jane was a badass and she never changed her story. She never like wavered from it. Um, Dr. Well, she was able to provide details about, uh, the, the death. Yeah. That, were previously unknown and or unreleased to the public. Yeah. I also like to think she told the last part a lot. She's like, and then her head turned all, her head looked at me and her body turned all the way around. And she just, she just sauntered on out of here. And then I woke, or, you know, I, she did confirm it wasn't a dream. Anyways. Um, so Dr. Knapp testified about Zona's injuries and explained that she could not have inflicted them herself. Um, Edward, Erasmus took the stand and testified in his own defense, but it had, quote, an unfavorable impression on the jury. Which, he had to have been a really bad public speaker or something. I know! Because, I mean, it's just, like, statistically, 
attractive people as witnesses are taken more seriously than unattractive or just like unappealing yeah. people. I we cannot. The jury bias is what it's called. Well, probably also the jury was all men, right? Because women couldn't serve on juries. Uh, yeah, I don't know when that changed. Probably not in 1896. Oh. Or 97. Whatever. Man, we are not historians. <laughs> we also cannot stress enough how attractive <laughs> Erasmus is. <laughs> I think I'm just going to post pictures of all the attractive men we've talked about, just for funsies. So the jury deliberated. <laughs> That's so problematic. <laughs> That's not. It's celebrating toxic men. Well, two of them are glamorizing them. They're just actors that play. Also, I'm gonna go. I mean, Luke Crane. Oh, I is thought not... you were talking about all of like the attractive people in our like episodes that we've talked. No, not, no. Not, I just meant not Ollie. No, and no. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Kent. post a picture of Ollie and also uh, the guy from 365 Days, Massimo. <laughs> not. <laughs> We haven't had really that many other attractive. Yeah, most murderers. of our bad guys are not attractive. Not pretty at all. There's been there's been a handful of attractive fellows that we've talked about though. Usually they're victims. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean maybe I'll post pictures of our husbands or something. Because there's just so a can... couple of attractive people in the the Sauter family, right? Oh yeah, and then that's the, what I'm thinking. The um, oh, damn, why do I always forget the name? The Christmas murders. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, the one son, the older son who didn't get murdered, he had yep. those piercing blue mm-hmm. eyes that were like... Yeah, the, like, know. the massacre where the family yeah. annihilator. Lawson. The, the Lawson, Lawson family. Yeah. Man. Sorry, Kelly. We keep forgetting the name of your great-great-uncle. Great-great-great-uncle. Uh, that's how I remember. I'm like, oh, yeah. Kelly's family. <laughs> when you said, sorry, Kelly, I thought you were talking about the dog, Kelly. <laughs> sorry, human Kelly, for sorry, thinking of the dog, Kelly, first. Sorry, Listener Kelly, yeah. <laughs> so the jury deliberates for barely an hour, and they come back and they're like, "You're guilty." Um, he's sentenced to life in prison, but just three years into his sentence, the flu happens, and because antibiotics maybe didn't exist, I actually have no idea when those were discovered, invented, discovered. Uh, women <laughs> were able to serve on jury starting in eighteen. 18- Ninety-eight. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's close. Yes. Wow, Erasmus, had you waited two years to murder your wife, you might have gotten away with it with a, a partially female jury. I'm just saying. They're like a ghost. A ghost told you this guy with the little hairs that fall into his face, and no, he couldn't murder anyone. And then he probably would have married one of the jury members. And then uh, penicillin was discovered in 1928. Wow. Okay. We're all... Okay. I'm just going to assume penicillin's the only antibiotic ever that ever existed. That was the first one. It was the start of. Also, I just realized antibiotics don't help with the flu. Mm-mm. So, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, would, I probably would have caught that earlier <laughs> if I wasn't looking up when uh, women were on the jury. This episode is all over the place. Sorry, guys. Um, it's almost over. So, anyways, the point is, he got the flu in 1890, 1900. He got the flu in 1900 and he died because that was something that killed young 40-year-old men. 
Mary Jane lived until 1916, and she never changed her story about Zona's ghost. She, like, stood by that. Did she ever have any other... Yeah, did Zona ever come to her again? I don't think so. I think that was Zona's unfinished business, Mm. and she finished it, and then... I love stories about unfinished business. Like, get finished. Yeah. There's a, there's a show on... Oh, it's TLC. What? I don't even know what the show is you're talking about, but it's <laughs> gotta be on TLC. No, no, it's Because on... they've got all the weird shit. <laughs> it's on, like, Peacock or something. It's like a sitcom. Okay. Um, it's called Ghosts. Oh, yep. It's very funny. I've seen, I've seen promos for it. Um, but it is one of those, like, it's a, you know, not a, not a cable, but a... We watch it on, um, Pluto. For free, but I'm pretty sure you can oh, watch okay. it on either Peacock or. As I say, it's one of those like regular like cable, like non-cable, but streaming services. Yes, it's a bunch of ghosts from different time periods mm-hmm. that are all living together. Yeah. But when they, <laughs> when they like, if their unfinished business is finished and they like go onto the afterlife, they they call it getting sucked off. <laughs> 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 the first time they say it, the girl's like, "That's not a great term for." That. And they're like, no, they get sucked off to the great beyond. <laughs> and that's all I could think of. It was like, oh, she finished her business and then she got sucked off to the great beyond. <laughs> Are you okay? join those ghosts because I am dead. I literally have one more thing to say. <laughs> I love how tickled you got by this. You need to watch the show. It's for free on Pluto. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Last point, I promise. Um, so there is a historical marker near Zona's grave in Greenbrier County. And it reads, Interred in nearby cemetery is Zona Heaster Shoe. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. And (laughs) bam. And that is the story of the Greenbrier ghost and how she finished her business and got sucked off into the (laughs) graveyard. I was about to apologize to her for like totally derailing and taking away from her death, but nope, you, you brought it back around. So high five, my dear. That's the most badass thing you can do as a ghost is like getting come, sucked off to the well, I mean, that's obviously every ghost's goal is to be sucked off. Uh, okay, well, okay, so speaking of ghosts and unfinished business, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> not getting sucked <laughs> off, um, we're watching uh, Walker Texas Ranger today. Oh gosh, I uh, love that you guys are watching that. Yeah, the original, not the remake. We haven't watched any of the remake yet. But no, we've got YouTube TV, and so it's got all these random channels, uh-huh. but this is on Get TV. I think it's, like, great entertainment TV, and they play a lot of, like, older shows, so I think, like, Amos and Andy is on there. We haven't gotten okay. to see it yet, but, like, they advertise all the time for Kojak and 
uh, oh, some other, like, detective guy, I can't remember his name, Rockford, mm-hmm. the Rockford Files. Uh, those are some of the big ones, along with Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. And so we're watching today, and I think probably of all the episodes that we've watched, at least 75% of them, I have recognized the guest star from some other thing. Ooh. I'm like, he was in a couple of, he was a bit player in Buffy, and she was <laughs> in this, and like, holy crap, that's, uh, who was it the other day? It was some younger actor, I can't remember. Um, but today, I was like, is that, is that Haley Joel Osment? <gasps> Haley Joel! And because my husband doesn't know actors and names and things, I'm like, the I See Dead People kid. (laughs) And so, of course, in one of the scenes, he's in a hospital bed, and he's got the blanket almost tucked up to his face. I'm like, (gasps) that's him. Oh my gosh. How old is... What was Texas... uh, Walker, Texas Ranger... When when was that? Late 80s, early 90s. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I thought it was older than that. Because I was like, wow, how old was... How old was Haley Joel Osment? Was he one of those kids who was actually, like, 15 when he was in uh, Sixth Sense? I don't think he was quite that old. I think he was, like, nine, eight or nine. Yeah, I don't know. know. He's a cute kid. He is. He was adorable. And he was adorable in Walker. <laughs> Spoiler, he had AIDS. <gasps> oh, no! He was born with it. Oh. So sad. But he was in a two-parter, and Walker basically adopted him. And I think this <gasps> is one of the later episodes anyway, too. Walker, Texas Ranger, adopted the AIDS baby? More or less. I haven't, we didn't get to, fin- oh. I didn't get to finish because I had to come over here. Spor- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're watching wholesome TV and I'm like, go watch the porn movie. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call, uh, babe, you just missed another roundhouse kick wholesome, but <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I watched my stuff like while Jarek was asleep, so yours is much more wholesome than mine. We also, uh, we were going to watch a movie last night. That we accidentally own now because the dogs uh, basically ate the red box um, case that it came in. Uh, and instead we started watching uh, short, scare- it was like short horror films on YouTube. They're mm-hmm. like 10 minutes long because Jarek had remembered one and we watched that and then we just kept, and we watched like four of them and then we we're like, well, it's too late to start a movie. I guess we'll just go to bed. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Do you want to say our socials again? Not sure. Stumbling over them? To go. <laughs> to see all To go see uh, Erasmus, <laughs> Edward Shue, uh, in all his Clark Kent glory. And also all the other and the other problematic men. Attractive people that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe a cute picture of Critter or Dolly. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just Critter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't really have the rights to Dolly right now. Nope. Uh, you can go to our Instagram at the Tales We Tell podcast. It's also on Facebook, same thing. And if you don't do the social media but want to see our photos, you can go to the Tales We Tell podcast.com. And if you want to support us and get yourself some sweet, sweet swag, we've got a couple of different logo designs that you can get on pretty much anything at redbubble.com. Search the Tales We Tell. And if you want to support us but don't need the stuff but want some maybe extra listening goodies and some stickers and some love notes from us you can always become a patron at patreon.com and search the tales we tell thanks so much for listening guys we'll see you next week Bye. bye